0: Welcome to the Menopause Unplugged podcast with me, your host, Nikki Oliveira. On this podcast, we will hear from women who are navigating the challenging and transformative journey of perimenopause and menopause. These women have graciously agreed to share their stories and insights, offering a raw and honest glimpse into what it's like to go through this major life transition. From hot flushes to rediscovering themselves, our guests will provide a wealth of knowledge and inspiration for anyone who's going through or will go through menopause. So grab a cup of tea, settle in, and join us for a fascinating and enlightening discussion. Hello, and welcome to episode eleven of the Menopause Unplugged podcast. Um, I'm your host, Nikki Oliveira, and today my lovely guest is Melanie. How are you doing, Melanie? Okay?
1: I'm good, thank you.
0: Great. Um, So, Melanie, um, can you tell us a little bit about your menopausal experience then? How did it all start?
1: Um, For me, I can't really pinpoint exactly when it started. I would say it's probably sometime in the last five years, Mm -hmm. possibly longer than that. I'm 49 just now. And I would say probably since my early 40s, right. things, I started noticing changes. Specifically for me, it was around my um, anxiety levels. Now, I've always been a really, like, anxious person. I've always been a worrier. That was, like, my whole life I've been a worrier. But it got to the point where it was sort of taking over my life. The, right. Um, and I knew things were changing. And a lot of things were happening in my life a few years ago as well, which coincided with that. There was, um, I lost my parents. Oh. Like, quite soon after each other within a couple of years um, right. and on top of that that we then had covid lockdown mm. impacted everyone in different ways yes um, I think it all sort of increased the anxiety levels and um I just found myself really really struggling um but at the time I think to start with I didn't equate it to menopause I thought obviously because there was other stuff going on in my life yeah it was more to do with, with those other things um and it was when I started noticing other things I think, with more specifically, within the last two years, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, for example, I got tinnitus. Yeah, I didn't know that was a menopause symptom. It was only from doing a bit of research and finding out it's one of those sort of uh, less rare, um, less common symptoms that that I was like, "What's going on? Why why is this happening to me?" Yeah, little things like that, and then obviously changes in my periods as well started going a little bit haywire. I'd always been quite quite regular. 28 days pretty 27 29 you know around that yeah and I started on to 23 and then 35 and then and I was like this is weird yes uh, so that's kind of how I assumed that's where I was up to and then I think it was about probably about 18 months ago I was due a, a smear test so I went from for a smear test and
0: mm-hmm.
1: when I was there I spoke to the, the nurse and I just sort of said randomly do you think I might be starting the menopause? Because at this point, I really didn't know much about it. My parents, my mum had never spoke about it because they didn't when we were growing up, did they? No. Nope. Um, so I, I mentioned it to the nurse and she was actually very good. And she said, how old are you? And I told her and she said, what symptoms you've been having? And I explained a few, and she said, um, it's it's very likely that you are, but come in and, and talk to me separately after this appointment. And it was from then on, really, that I, I realised, it sort of twigged with me that that's what it was.
0: Yeah. And that's so good that she invited you back to to have that conversation and, you know, give you all that reassurance and information from from that point. So um, I take it from there. Did you speak to just the nurse or did you speak to doctor as well?
1: Um, It was a bit complicated for me because I've also got high blood pressure. Um, now whether that's due to the menopause or unrelated i don't actually know never been told so i went back to see my gp and she said i want to get your your blood pressure level sorted yeah um, beforehand so i went back to the doctor and i've been sort of dealing with getting my blood pressure level sorted and the next stage for me is i'm i'm not on hrt yet but that's the right. next thing i'm i'm going to um sort out for myself what now my blood pressure levels have settled a little bit yeah um, I want to get that sorted because I know how important it is longer term. Yeah. And I know it will help my symptoms at the moment as well.
0: Excellent. So your symptoms in general then, are they quite managed? Um, like your, your anxiety, like you said? and
1: Yeah, now they are because yeah. I've spent the last 12 to 18 months really doing a lot of personal development work. Um, I've been, with me, it's been a lot on my, because of the anxiety, it's been my mindset. <laughs> And I've yeah. been working on, I've learned mindfulness. And for me, that has just been an absolute game changer. Wow. It's changed my life completely. I was a very stressy, wor- stressed out person, worrying all the time about everything. And from learning mindfulness and, and living in the moment, it's mm. totally changed my life.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And um, So from that point of view, the anxiety is now managed uh, because I I live in the moment. I practice gratitude. I <laughs> positive psychology and I've kind of flipped my life around in that respect and I'm definitely a different person from what I was 18 months ago
0: wonderful yeah and it is so important to have like coping mechanisms and you know tools in your toolbox as we say um to to really deal with that so no that's really great, good So you haven't really experienced, I mean, apart from obviously the the mental health side of things, um, you've not experienced really any severe symptoms
1: up until now. I would say coming the last, probably even just the last few months, this is why I've I've brought forward my HRT, (laughs) because um, I've started getting night sweats. (laughs) Right. I have started getting night sweats and my sleep is severely disrupted now. Um, Probably, it's probably approximately one week four, but sometimes more often than that I'll get a few days where I, I just can't sleep mm-hmm. um what's it called restless legs right So I literally cannot lie still mm-hmm. my, my poor husband honestly I, I end up going in the spare room because I'm disturbing him so much because um I would say that probably just the last couple of months it's really sort of hit home mm-hmm. that it's happening now and I'm getting roasting hot at night I'm Sweating Mm -hmm. (laughs) and cannot get comfortable, like yeah, not sleep. And obviously, when you're not sleeping, the impact on you the next day is horrific.
0: (laughs) Absolutely, yeah, it just impacts on absolutely everything, doesn't it? In
1: yeah,
0: yeah, your comfort eating, all of that, just how you how you make decisions, and
1: yeah, yeah. even things like getting up to look after the the kids in the morning, you know, get them off to school, and you're like. (laughs) <laughs> yeah know, I've not slept of my, my I was not rested at all and then trying to run a business as well and you've got meetings to go to that you, you can't change and you're thinking I'm doing this on three hours sleep it's like yeah you know it it does massively impact your life which is why now I'm like I need to sort out of HRT because I know for me that will possibly help the, the more physical symptoms which I've never really had until this point it's more yeah. the psychological side of things for me um, but now the last couple of months, it's, yeah, definitely the physical side has, has kicked in. It's ramped up. It's sorted.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. So um, I know we, we've we've spoken a little bit there about some some of the challenges you're facing um, going through this phase. Um, but was there any other particular challenges that that you say that you've faced
1: um, the last while? I would say I think it's the with the, the the periods as well because they're so all over the shop. Yeah, you can't plan anything. It's like you, you know before when I knew I was going to be regular I would be able to have um like plan a holiday around it so I'd know that I wouldn't you know when I go away. Like, on. Oh. <laughs> I could go swimming it would all be good. But now yeah. there's just no way of knowing when it's going to happen because I've the, last one it was like over six weeks and I thought oh is this it have I stopped and then it arrived and yeah so the actual terms of planning anything has just gone out the window mm-hmm. um, and you're always on that that verge of is this it is this where it's stopping and and stuff like that um so I think I'm and I'm quite a <laughs> control freak but I like to know what's going on I like to be organized yes. and I think I found that a real challenge in that I've not been able to plan around it as I used to be able to um, and I, I find that quite difficult. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: And things like I've, I've been quite lucky. I haven't really had hot flushes. Yeah. The, I think I had them. Um, something similar when I was younger. When I used to get anxiety, I'd go very red in the face and, and get very stressed out. Um, but as I've got older, I was expecting to get the hot flushes, and it's not happened yet. Yeah. But I. This is why again why I want the HRT to so sort of yeah to stop that that happening, and because I know um how I've I've met a lot of other women who have really struggled with the hot flushes and I'm so grateful that at the moment I'm not having to deal with that um but obviously now the night sweats have started I'm not sure whether that might be something that that's coming
0: yeah that's on its way you want to exactly. stop it in its tracks before it, exactly.
1: <laughs> before it really kicks off <laughs> yeah, absolutely
0: great so um yeah, so we, we know that you're you're going to go down the HRT route. So, um, apart from obviously the medical side of things, have you made any changes to your lifestyle or diet, exercise to help manage your symptoms?
1: Yeah, this comes um, kind of hand in hand with the mindfulness. Really, yeah. um, is I'm getting out more. I, I used to be very not outdoorsy. I would be inside. Didn't like the outdoors at all. And the yeah. Um, probably a year or so I'm I'm walking I do my steps I do my 10,000 steps every day without fail <laughs> um, I um I'm supposed to I did start doing jogging but that didn't carry on I, I tried but it's not me um, yeah. so I'm still trying to find the the exercise that's for me I know I do a lot of walking that is a big one Um I'm looking at yoga because mm-hmm. I think that will help me or pilates um <laughs> because that kind of Seems more me, um, and that's my next sort of challenge. over once some holidays out the way, I want to start looking at, at getting into yoga a lot more. Yeah. Um, and in terms of nutrition, I've cut out alcohol completely the last six months. Oh, wonderful! I like. Yeah. I, do, I wasn't a big drinker anyway, but mm-hmm. I was getting to the point where you know a couple of times a week you'd have a oh just a nice glass of wine of an evening. Um, but I actually found it was making the night time worse in terms of settling. yeah so um I have actually since I think it was mid-January I just made a decision I was going to cut out drinking um and it's actually I feel so much better for it to be honest good even you know I don't really want it now when I go out I'd much rather go out and and enjoy the evening and remember it you know remember it and not feel bad the next day because let's face it as you get older hangovers get worse as well yes
0: (laughs) oh yes absolutely it does that's
1: one change I've made um and I'm trying to I don't particularly eat a lot of red meat anyway but I'm trying Mm -hmm. to stick to to white meat and vegetables and sort of the very sort of healthier diet than I was eating I still still have my sugar cravings unfortunately
0: I mean don't we all I mean (laughs) it's everything in moderation isn't it exactly
1: yeah, so I do um, still like a bit of a chocolate topic to be fair. Yeah. Cook some but um, overall, I'm trying to watch what I'm eating a lot more and um, a lot more vegetable-based meals. That's what, I've, what I'm trying to do.
0: Yeah, not really, really key. Um. So is there anything that you wish you had, I suppose, known before sort of entering this perimenopausal
1: stage I 100% wish that I'd known what the symptoms were because to be honest as I said my my mom never really spoke about menopause I think the only thing she ever said to me was um I got mine when I was 50 that's the only time she ever mentioned it to me she just went yeah I got mine when I was she never told me that she struggled with her mental health she never told me that she struggled with her um her own health and mm-hmm. things like this. and i think the generation this is why i'm passionate about spreading the menopause message because the generation below us i don't want them to have as much of a shock as i yes. generation have had because we just had no clue what was coming and there's so many women who are struggling struggling to cope with their symptoms because they <laughs> and they a lot of them don't even know that that's what it is they don't yeah. know they'll go and see their gp and they'll think they're depressed and it could actually be that, that the reason for that is is the the menopause, and I'm really really passionate about spreading the message to younger women because I think, like we've said, they need to know. Because I knew nothing. Yeah. <laughs> what was going to happen? And Absolutely. It was one of those words you just didn't talk about it. And no. It's great now that obviously it's now starting to get that little bit, you know, a bit of exposure with the whole Debina McCall effect, et cetera, yeah. Um, the people are starting to now talk about menopause, but it needs so much more. We we all need to be talking about it, and especially with with younger women.
0: Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think even from teenagers, teenagers need to be aware of it. Um, and then obviously, as we go, go into our 20s and into our 30s, I mean, we know that menopause can start perimenopause can start. Um, as you know as early as in your 20s and in your 30s so yeah women certainly need to to know what to look out for um but just be I think a little bit more in tune with our own bodies and just go oh that's not quite right or that's a change um I think if 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 we can do that a little bit better I think it'll make all the difference
1: I do absolutely yeah I think um the more we talk about it I mean my daughter's 10 and I already tell her about what's gonna happen that is so <laughs> can't escape it, unfortunately but um yeah just tell to, to, you know they, they teach them about eventually about about getting periods when they're sort of in their sort of 10 11 year old getting to that age so why not teach them the whole way through what <laughs> happens to a woman as she goes through her life
0: yeah just the whole life cycle of hormones and what what it does to us for sure
1: absolutely yeah I definitely think that that is the way forward
0: brilliant so is there any particular advice that you would give to um other women that are going to go through this stage eventually
1: I would say don't be scared to talk about it don't keep it to yourself because talking can make a massive difference um I run a menopause cafe in Warrington and I've had ladies come to that cafe who said to me I've never been able to talk to anyone about it not my husband
0: oh gosh
1: family and when they've come to this cafe it's the first time they've actually spoken about their symptoms and I just think that's so sad that people are living like with it all bottled up so Mm -hmm if I could say it to anyone it would be just to talk to someone find someone you can find and go to a menopause cafe you know find someone a friend just talk about it don't keep things bottled up to yourself because it'll be the first step you can take to making yourself feel better
0: absolutely yeah just reach out to to help for help um and also don't take um sometimes like med with medical professionals if they're just being a little bit you know standoffish about the whole subject you know don't just take that as an answer you know really um really help yourself and and start doing your research I think as well is really important
1: yeah definitely I think um when you go to the if you do go to a medical professional about it make like you say do your research beforehand make sure you've looked into it a little bit or spoken to someone and you know what you want to ask for so you don't sort of get fobbed off because I think Mm -hmm. with the GPs it's, it's very hit and miss still about what they know and what level they're prepared to help women at and so it really depends where you're on the country it's a bit of a postcode lottery isn't it so absolutely the more research you can do yourself and go armed with that information and that knowledge the better
0: a hundred percent yeah brilliant Melanie well thank you so much for uh, joining us today on the podcast and sharing your story
1: Thank you for having me. I've really enjoyed it. Great, um, and
0: we'll speak soon. Take care. Thanks. Take all. care. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to Menopause Unplugged. I hope you find the conversation to be informative, enlightening, and empowering. Remember, menopause is a natural part of a woman's life journey, but it doesn't have to be a lonely one. Whether you're experiencing perimenopause menopause or menopause, my menopause coaching program can provide reassurance and guidance. Please do reach out to me through my contact details on the show description. And until next time, take care.